0: Danny, Danny Zucko!
1: Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zulkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elstrom, An athlete, a dancer, and an actor, this Texan charmed his way into our hearts with his tough guy charm and heartbreak smile. Today on Come and Take It, Pain don't hurt, because we're paying tribute to the late, great Patrick Swayze. But first, what's your favorite Texas roadhouse? Does Bucky's count? Uh, No, No. I wouldn't
0: call it a roadhouse. (laughs) Hmm. No, uh, actually, there's a real neat place in Salado that's just off the highway called Johnny's Steaks and (laughs) Barbecue. It's it's actually kind of a cool place. They do have live music on the weekends, and uh, it's always hopping whenever we go see my parents. Unfortunately, we don't go anymore. Because we have children, so we just don't go to those kind yeah. of places.
2: I would have to say, if you're going to call it a roadhouse, then uh, it, it needs to have a bouncer of some sort.
0: I, um, I don't know. We, we we only been we've only been into the restaurant part. Yeah.
2: Well, I just meant to uh, disqualify Bucky's from being. Oh a yeah, 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 yeah. I've never seen a bouncer at Bucky's, no. so no. Um, probably the closest that I've ever been to a roadhouse would be the Texas Hall of Fame in Bryan College Station, but. Eh, it's more of a dance
1: hall um i don't know it's all i got well i'm just saying he's more of a i'm more he's more of a cooler than he is a (laughs) bouncer
0: (laughs) i i I don't know my high school friends always used to go to the texas hall of fame and college station so uh how much how, how much of a bouncer that they had i don't know
1: well i tell you you guys just made a whole bunch of aggies listening to this show right now just super happy yeah,
0: they're talking was, about I my up, things. I grew up in Normandy. <laughs> so
1: I know okay, you yeah. did, Chuck. Normandy Tracked. Well, listen, I will tell you guys something interesting I found out today. Uh, there is an actual Texas Roadhouse restaurant in the Qatar Mall. Now, this is a slightly cooler, slightly damper version of Pecos, Texas. But yeah, they're, they're, the Texas Roadhouse <laughs> restaurants you see, they're all over the world. Like, they're literally all over the world. It's like a little sticky piece of home anywhere you go.
0: True fact, Texas Roadhouse is based in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, I know, Mm. but I like
0: Mm. the name. And there are no Texas Land and Cattles anymore in Texas, but there are in other states.
2: All I know is when I went to, uh, visited San Francisco a few years back, um, we went to a Texas Roadhouse, and they were the only place that we went to in town that had Shinerbach. Indeed.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Was, if you're stuck in a the nice... guitar mall and you're looking for a cool place to set, your, set yourself down, head to the Texas Roadhouse, I guess. But they have hooks to hang your $100 <laughs> steps in. <laughs> there you go. Patrick Wayne Swayze was born August 18, 1952, in Houston, Texas. His mother, Patsy Swayze, was a choreographer, dance instructor, and a dancer. Patsy was the director of the Houston Jazz Ballet Company. His father, Jesse Wayne Swayze, was an engineering draftsman. Patrick had two other brothers, fellow actor Don Swayze and Sean Kyle, and his two sisters, Vicki Lynn
0: and Bambi. Swayze lived in the Oak Forest neighborhood of Houston, and he attended both Catholic and public schools. He was both athletic and artistic, and he was into ice skating, performing ballet, obviously, acting in school plays. He played football, and he practiced martial arts, wushu. Aikido, and Taekwondo. In his own words, he practiced the martial arts to, quote, channel his self-deprecating
2: rage. Swayze had hoped to win a football scholarship to college, but a knee injury ended his athletic career. At the age of 20 in 1972, Swayze moved to New York City to complete his formal dance training at the Harkness and Joffrey Ballet Schools. He began working almost immediately with his first professional appearance, coming as a dancer for the Disney on Parade Ice Show. When he returned from the road in 1970, an 18-year-old Swayze met 14-year-old Lisa Neme,
1: one of his mother's students. Lisa followed Swayze back to New York when she graduated high school, after which they both studied at the Harkness & Joffrey Ballet Company. Swayze married Lisa Neme on June 12, 1975, And the two of them would go on to have an impressive marriage, especially when you measure it against Hollywood standards, and remain married for 34 years. In a 2008 interview, Swayze said that Lisa was the inspiration for the song, She's Like the Wind. He told People Magazine, quote, I had been meeting girls with names like Mimi and Angel, and for a long time, I didn't feel like I deserved her. I just felt at that time that I'm very, very lucky to have a woman who thinks that I hung the moon. Swayze was soon hired as a principal dancer with the Elliott Feld Ballet
0: Company. His career in dancing was cut short, however, when that old knee injury, which had prevented him from going on to play football in college, flared up. He had to have surgery and suffered an infection afterwards that forced him to leave the company. He then turned his attention to acting, and he made his Broadway debut in the play Good Time Charlie in 1976. He went on to appear in the musical's West Side Story, and in 1978, he won the leading role in Grease. His high profile wow. performance is Danny Danny Zuko who opened the door to his screen career. I'm trying to imagine
2: <laughs> Patrick Swayze as Danny Zucco and yeah. I, I wish I could have seen that because oh that everybody. sounds amazing. No, yeah. <laughs> Swayze had some moderate professional success in the following years, making his film debut in nineteen seventy-nine as Ace in Skate Town, USA. He appeared on an episode of M.A.S.H. and in the TV movie Return of the Rebels with Barbara Eden in 1981. He even had a role on a short-lived TV series called The Renegades in 1983 as the gang leader named Bandit. His big break came when he appeared in Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders alongside uh, some nobody guys, uh, Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, and Emilio Estevez in 1983. Don't know whatever happened to those guys. That same year, uh, Swayze played a U.S. Marine Corps trainer in the movie Uncommon Valor with Gene Hackman. In 1984, Swayze rejoined his co-star from The Outsiders, C. Thomas Howell, in the classic um, fantasy invasion
0: movie uh, Red Dawn. And they also, they also appeared in a movie called uh, Grand v USA with Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. where they were rivals for her attentions. <laughs> in
2: nineteen in nineteen eighty five yeah in nineteen eighty five Swayze starred in the miniseries North and South and its sequel in nineteen eighty six was that East and
0: West
1: no it was North and South Part Two
0: book two <laughs> more Civil War yeah, the book the book was named uh, Love and War but yeah
2: in nineteen eighty six he also reunited with Rob Lowe one of his co stars from
1: The Outsiders in the hockey film Youngblood however. It was the next year, in 1987, that Swayze portrayed his defining role that would follow him for his entire career. Dirty Dancing was originally intended only to be shown in theaters for just one weekend and then released straight to video. But it became a timeless romantic film and a blockbuster for its day, and it's still beloved. Swayze co-starred with fellow Red Dawn star Jennifer Grey because, quote, nobody puts baby in the corner. This film was the first film... This was the first film to sell a million copies on VHS. And by 2009, it made $214 million, a handsome profit of $208 million. And that is how you make a movie. <laughs> that movie cost million? Dollars. Make it cheap. Wow. And sell it everywhere. <laughs> of course, Dirty Dancing spawned several alternate versions, including a TV series, a stage production, and even a computer game. Swayze received a Golden Globe Award nomination for his role. He also co-wrote and sang one of the songs from the soundtrack, which we talked about earlier, She's Like the Wind. Now, that was originally intended for the film Grandview USA. The song hit the top ten, and it has been remade numerous times by other artists, none of which you've heard of. One of my favorite music
2: parodies ever was based on that song. But... We won't discuss that. That's a not story ashamed, for another day. <laughs> not
0: ashamed to admit that I saw that movie twice in the theater when I was in the oh, seventh grade. Dirty Dancing is a fantastic movie. Yeah, and and was one of the buyers of those million copies of the video. So, and the soundtrack, both versions, Volume One and Volume Two. Well, his success in Dirty Dancing boosted Swayze's career, and he became massively in demand. Appearing first. In the legendary classic movie, Roadhouse, which we'll probably talk about later, as well as the movie Next of Kin, which featured Texan Bill Paxton and Irishman uh, Liam Neeson, both playing Kentucky Appalachian mountain men. Uh, this was in 89. It's a and crazy then, movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ben Stiller's a bad guy. That's, that's weird. Uh, and then Ghost in 1990, and actually we're missing one too. There was a not a really great movie called uh, Steel Dawn, which is a post-apocalyptic. Oh my movie. gosh! Yes, Steel came out at the same Dawn. time as mm-hmm. uh, came out at the same time as Dirty Dancing. People forget about that one. Well, Ghost was a huge success. Uh, it earned the co-star Whoopi Goldberg an Oscar. Uh, it earned Patrick Swayze a second Golden Globe nomination, and it made over two hundred million dollars in profit. 1991, he continued his streak of appearing beside former castmates, this time with Keanu Reeves from Youngblood. Keanu Reeves was in Youngblood? I don't remember that at all. Uh, Anyway, they were in the movie Point Break. And by this point, Patrick Swayze's hair, which had steadily gotten more and more impressive, was absolutely magnificent at this point.
1: We're going to hit peak Uh, Swayze here, people. This is is indeed (laughs) apex. This is apex. Swayze.
0: (laughs) Uh, Point break is Apex Swayze. And in nineteen ninety one, he was named
1: People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. So I'm going to push pause here and say, let's not forget, Sean, that in nineteen ninety one, this is when he made his beloved appearance on Saturday night live and did the, the <laughs> Chippendales the Chippendale sketch with him and uh, Chris Farley. Course, you yeah. gotta watch it. Like that's just you gotta oh, watch hair. it. Oh, hair my was just he was just Yeah. <laughs> Magnificent.
2: Uh. <laughs> now, this success made Swayze introspective, and in 1989, he said, I've always felt there was something different in there, my personality, but I was scared to look, for I fear I wouldn't find anything. That's the reason I got into Buddhism, took EST training, uh, was into therapy, into Scientology, into transcendental meditation. I was trying to support that side of myself. But, you know, in Texas, there isn't much support for that part of you. He also spoke about his love for investigating different religious belief systems and faiths and how they matter to people
1: and how important these teachings were to the world. Swayze and his wife Lisa had attempted to have children. She had a final miscarriage in 1990, and the couple decided to move on. They instead focused their personal time on their ranch, full of dogs, horses, and cattle. Swayze said of himself and his wife, quote, We're a team. A relationship survives because of keeping the friendship alive and learning how to fall in love over and over again, and never taking the other person for granted, and seeing things in a new light with new eyes. We're big believers in, arguments are okay as long as it's not about your ego, but about a mutual goal, trying to create something special. Of course, Hollywood isn't without its dark side. In the
0: 1990s, Swayze was voluntarily admitted into rehab for alcoholism, and he withdrew from show business for a time to re- to raise Arabian horses on his ranches in California, Nevada, and New Mexico. This no doubt had an impact on an event that happened later in 2000. Swayze was a licensed pilot, and he was flying himself and his dogs in his personal plane from Van Nuys, California to Las Vegas. The plane developed a pressurization problem. He managed to land the plane on a dirt road in a housing complex in Prescott Valley, Arizona, but his wing clipped a light pole. Swayze was unharmed, but but witnesses report that he appeared to be extremely intoxicated and asked for help in removing evidence, namely an open bottle of wine and a case of beer. He also avoided the police for several hours. It was later determined that the evidence was stored in external compartments. He couldn't have accessed them during flight. Furthermore, the probable cause of the accident and of Swayze's impairment was due to carbon monoxide from the engine exhaust as well as heavy tobacco use and the loss of cabin pressurization which resulted in hypoxia which can make people appear to be drunk.
2: Swayze continued to work steadily for the next several years with perhaps his most interesting role coming as a drag queen in the movie Two Wong Fu Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. This was in 1995. This role won him his third Golden Globe nomination. In 1997, Swayze's work in the film industry earned him a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and this was just in time. Later that year, he was injured while filming a movie for HBO called Letters for a Killer. Swayze fell from a horse and hit a tree, breaking both legs and detaching four tendons in his shoulder. Filming had to be delayed two months, and the film didn't air until 1998. His recovery went well, And he picked up his career again in the year 2000, when he appeared in Forever Lulu alongside Melanie
1: Griffith. Swayze's career had picked up steam again, and he played a really strange character in the film Donnie Darko. A film that still confuses most of us. Though it opened a very limited release, the film became a cult hit when it was released to video, and was named the Best Independent Film of the Year by several publications. In 2002, he co-starred with Billy Bob Thornton in Charlie's Theron and Waking Up in Reno. In 2003, he co-produced and starred in One Last Dance alongside his wife, Lisa. Swayze and Nimi also composed some of the music for the film. In 2004, Swayze played Alan Quartermain in a two-part TV miniseries version of King Solomon's Minds. Has that worked so well for Richard Chamberlain? I didn't hate those. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Swayze
0: returned to Broadway, and he made his West End theater debut as Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls on July 27, 2006. And I'm sure he was awesome. That's a fantastic role. I would wish I could have seen that. He played this all the way until November of that year. He also starred in a movie, Christmas in Wonderland, in 2007. And he co-starred for the first time with his younger brother, Don, in the 2008 independent film, Powder Blue. His final role, though, came in 2009, when he played FBI agent Charles Barker in the A&E drama The Beast. Swayze was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer soon after filming
2: the pilot. He continued his work on The Beast while receiving treatment. His performance was considered one of his most powerful by many of his fans and critics. Reviewer Alan Sepinwall wrote, When you watch Swayze and The Beast, you realize that this is the best performance of his career that the opportunity to play a part like this and to play it as well as he did may be fueling his ability to keep fighting against the cancer. And you realize, in an odd silver lining, that the cancer may, in turn, be fueling the performance.
1: A March 5, 2008 article by Reuters reported that Swayze, quote, has a very limited amount of disease, and he appears to be responding well to treatment thus far. His doctor confirmed that he had pancreatic cancer, but insist that he was not as close to death as had been suggested by news reports. In fact, the tabloids repeatedly claimed that his death was imminent, but Swayze continued working. In early May
0: 2008, it was widely reported that he had undergone surgery to remove part of his stomach and rewritten his will to transfer his property to his wife. He refuted these reports in a statement made on May 28, stating that he continued to respond well to treatment at Stanford University Medical Center. Later that month, he made his first public appearance since his diagnosis, attending a Lakers game.
2: On July 6th, months after being given just weeks to live, Swayze was asked by a reporter at an L.A. airport about his health. I'm cooking. I'm a miracle, dude. I don't know why, was his reply. Just the previous month, he reportedly said, my treatments are working and I'm winning the battle. In September 2008, Swayze appeared on the Stand Up to Cancer simulcast that showed on ABC, NBC, and CBS. To a standing ovation, Swayze said, I dream that the word cure will no longer be followed by the words, it's impossible. Together, we can make a world where cancer no longer means living with fear,
0: without hope, or worse. And I watched that at show, that telecast, at Mike Z's house.
1: We watched that at your place, dude. I forgot about that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. After the show ended, Swayze remained on stage and talked to some of the other cancer patients, including executive producer Laura Ziskin, who was then battling the breast cancer that would eventually claim her life. Ziskin said of Swayze, He said such a beautiful thing. I'm just an individual living with cancer. That's how he wants to be thought of. He's in a fight, but he's a fighter.
0: On December 2nd, 2008, he denied claims that the cancer had spread to his liver In an interview with Barbara Walters that aired on January 2009, Swayze admitted that he had a tiny little mass on his liver, but that he was kicking it. She questioned him about holistic and alternative treatments. He confirmed that he was using some Chinese herbs, but voiced criticism of unsupported claims made by some proponents of alternative therapies.
2: On January 9, 2009, Swayze was hospitalized with pneumonia, which came about as a complication of his chemotherapy. He was released on the 16th of that month. In April, his doctors told him that his cancer had metastasized to his liver. He was a heavy smoker, um, reportedly smoking as many as 60 cigarettes a day. He once stated that his smoking probably had something to do with uh, the development of his cancer, but even in the months before his
1: death, he nonetheless continued his habit. Patrick Swayze died on September 14th, 2009. At the age of 57, with his family at his side, just 20 months after his initial diagnosis. This was well over a year after doctors had said the disease would claim him. His body was cremated and his ashes were scattered over his New Mexico ranch. Man, I miss Patrick Swayze. Like Just going through and thinking about it, that it's been almost... 10 years since patrick Swayze passed away and it just it brings back all the memories of all the great films and uh yeah yeah things he's done
0: yeah i i think that i mean to me his peak really is that 83 to 91 period like that's that's just like there's like one movie after another that's just a great movie right that's just a really really good movie uh you know, the outsiders is such a document of like the future stars of hollywood and, and so is yeah. red dawn in a lot of ways yeah well i
2: us say red dawn was the first thing i remember seeing him in and um he plays the you know the older brother charlie sheen's oldie brother in that and he's just you know he's great he 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 anchors that, that whole cast um
0: that, that's the thing yeah that's the thing about him about swayze i think this is what's great about Swayze is that he's impossibly handsome. Like he's just <laughs> such a good-looking man. Yeah. But he's a grounded character. Like in all of his movies, he plays the he plays the down-to-earth, just base character. But just just like the you know he's Whoa. he's not outlandish. He's he's really a grounding character. He's a, he's the older brother in. In the Outsiders, he's the older brother in Red Dawn. He's the mentor in Young Blood. He's sort of the mentor, even though he's kind of a wild. He's in that Grandview USA movie. He plays a, a demolition derby driver who's got a terrible relationship with his wife. But he, he he he's he's a drill sergeant in Uncommon Valor. You know, there's there's movies, all these movies, even you know, next to Ken, he's he's a grounded character. I think that's the thing. It's like. The the other characters seem to revolve around him, but he keeps things at a level in his performances in a solid level, and that's what I really like about him as an actor.
1: Let me just stop you there because you're talking about cause there's a, there's a lot of films that we missed in on talking through this, but I, I want to yeah. bring up a couple of pieces. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's what we 1988. Like that that 88 89, that was his year. I mean, not only you, you you highlight the the Truman Gates role from Next of Kin, Ghost Comes Out in ninety, point breaking ninety one, but the one that we really didn't talk about too much, but I want to talk about now is mm-hmm. the Great Roadhouse. Gotta talk we, about Roadhouse. We gotta talk about Roadhouse because that <laughs> movie, you know, as uh as thirteen and fourteen year old boys, I feel like seeing that movie really hardwired something in our souls. Uh <laughs> <laughs> because I believe you could punch a man's throat out. <laughs> I believe that somebody could just suture me up without anesthesia in a modern hospital and be okay with that. If I just said, Hey man, pain don't hurt.
0: No, well, it's got, it's got Sam, Sam Elliott in it. You know, He's <laughs> the mentor. I know. Right? What is his yeah. character name? I forget what his character name. And it's got Ben Gazar as the bad guy. And I, <laughs>
1: You know, it, it's like two of the greatest movies. It's a completely most, low stakes the, film, by two, the way. It's about two a bar the, in like rural Missouri. <laughs> like it's such a low yeah. stakes. Well, let, two, let, two of the
0: two of the most mm. most insanely great weird movies are, are Roadhouse and and uh, the Big Lebowski and both of those. The bad guy is Spin Cazara. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's very, so great. Yeah. Uh, Terry Funk is in it. Legendary Texas wrestler Terry Funk plays it. Plays a bouncer in that movie. Well, so. you
1: look to like then you forget about like the the other film. Ninety uh, two was that everybody just uh, laid all that acclaim on. We did City of Joy. So right mm-hmm. after Point Break, he goes off into yeah. City of Joy, and that's a that's a tough watch.
2: Yeah, uh, um, kind of intertwined with what we were saying about uh, his performances being grounded and, and him being very centered and, and everyone kind of revolving around him. I think that flows very directly from his, uh, you know, his spirituality and the way that he approached that side of himself. Um, you know, he, he seemed to really exude that uh, kind of that search for personal understanding and, and kind of, you know, that internal view of himself is what he used in his performances to, to pull everything together. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never seen City of Joy. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it, and now I need to probably go back and watch that. But uh, what I think of as something that really shows his diversity was um, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks yeah. for Everything, Julie Newmar. I remember when that came out, it mm-hmm. was Patrick yeah. Swayze and uh, Wesley Snipes and... John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Uh, John yeah, yeah, as uh, as the drag queens. And um, that movie is amazing.
0: It's it's um, very funny, but it's also very, very pointed and very has a great deal of heart. And 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 Swayze plays a very maternal figure. I mean, basically, yeah. he's 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 a he's a he's like the mother figure of the mother and father figure of this group of. Of drag queens. And uh it's it's a very it is a very touchy movie. It's very funny. Uh, but it's also, you know, there's there's some great moments in it. Um you know, you back to your statement about spirituality. I mean, that's a key feature of uh this character in point break is that he's this Zen like leader of these thieves, but he's also like he's like it combines that Zen Zen element spirituality with like a with a chaos. You know, element to to the character. So I think I think Point Break is actually a really good stretch for him as an actor as well, is because he's 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 both this you know guru of a sorts as well as just this you know crazy person. So I think that's a tremendously good good movie.
1: Uh, to well, talk. and and that's that. There's something about Patrick Swayze that he's it's hard to put a finger on it, like. But for me, it's like he's this—he's just like the cool older, like he's he's like your friend's cool older older brother that you just want to hang out with, like. And that's I think what the what he captures in Red Dawn—he brings back to these roles. I just want to, you know, he just—he doesn't want to be leader, but he steps up, he takes the leadership, or he's he's watching out for other guys. But he's a cool guy that you know. He just there's, and he's just so so dang likable, and maybe that's just. The Texan coming out at him, I'd like to think. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's incredible cool, Well and that was incredible that was the twist film. on his Donnie
0: Darko character was that he was a like an infomercial oh kind of guy. God. Local local infomercial kind of guy who had a dark secret. Yes. Uh yeah. which is disturbing. Yeah, no, it's uh, disturbing
1: that. Well he, he turned yeah. it on its head like the like in that and in the beast and those other things, like just drama piece. Yeah. Talented, talented guy. Uh and just awful thing about just like one day you're fine and the next day pancreatic cancer and uh, i think yeah. we talked about this recently in our uh astronauts film our uh, fictional astronauts you know that was what uh got got tommy lee jones in that movie you know i don't even know what yeah, the ha- what i don't even what the hell a pancreas is for yeah that's that's what killed <laughs> uh, andy kaufman too i mean yeah he, he had
0: pancreatic I and mean, it's the thing about pancreatic cancer is is that's he fought it really hard but by the by, the time it's detectable, it's very difficult to come back from pancreatic cancer. So.
1: It is, it is.
0: But uh, I mean, I, I love Patrick Swayze movies. I think Pat, another movie that I, we didn't even talk about. Uh, I don't know if you re- even remember this movie, but there's a movie called uh, Tall Tales, and it was uh, and he played uh, Pecus Bill. Oh yeah, that's right. And he's fan- and he's a big big fake mustache, and it's a, it's a children's fantasy movie. It's fantastic. It's really a good movie.
1: I remember uh, that movie. Yeah,
0: Pecus Bill. <laughs>
1: He's per- yeah. he's you know uh, you know he was he was true to his roots and uh, you know just a good Texan and uh, and uh, you know we can't not can't not give a shout out to uh, to Don Swayze for being in yeah. that great IMAX Alamo movie and the he's recently been in
0: uh, several of the uh, he was recently in the Reba McIntyre uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial he was in her yeah. In- In the Colonel's band, yeah. Well, Don Don Sway's staple of video stores everywhere.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. I know. Let me just say that there's one last connection to anyone who's still listening to this, uh, and to our yacht rock friends. He's a dancer in Toto's Rosanna-like video from 1982, uncredited. Well, I've got to go back and find that footage. (laughs) I've got to go back and find it. Well, while we're, we're giving shout outs to our fellow friend
0: friendly podcast friends, huh. uh, my my friend, uh, Facebook friend, and, and a, I'm a fan of his show that's called Breaking Cave Fabe with uh, Bowdrin and Barry, uh, Jeff Bowdrin and Barry Rose. Uh, Barry Rose is one of his favorite actors in the world is Patrick Swayze. And he they he tried not to let a single episode of their, their show, which mostly focuses on bold wrestling, uh, uh, to but also on movies and films and music. And he always talks about Patrick Swayze and his Roadhouse and Point Break are two of his very absolute favorite films. I, uh, I just uh, messaged him today and he said he's watching Black Dog right now, which was a uh, made for cable movie with Patrick Swayze from like 1994, or seven, or, I don't know, somewhere in the later period. So shout out to Barry, who's who's
1: enjoying. Oh late
0: late Swayze, even even as we speak.
1: Hey Sway, you know a late Swayze, early Swayze. I'll take. I just I rewatched uh, Red Dawn not that long ago, and uh, I rewatched it. Yeah, I'll leave yeah. it at that. Great, it's on my
0: PVR right now. It's on, my <laughs> Google, on, right now. Yeah. on the fun. What's that channel? Red Dawn.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. he said, "Avenge <laughs> me, boys."
2: You know, oh, I uh, I never did uh, get around to watching the Beast. I remember reading and hearing about how good it was at the time, and you know, can't watch everything, so uh, I'm gonna have to try and find that. See if I, I can wonder if
0: it's it. on the any uh, app. Maybe on eh, app.
2: It might be. Check it out.
0: Patrick Swayze, and I love that hair, man.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody Bye. puts baby in a corner. Yep. Bye, dios, Patrick Swayze
1: that wraps things up for today you can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com we'd love to hear from you so like and share us on facebook follow the show on twitter at texas podcast or go to brainstaple.com and leave some feedback you can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com and why not follow us individually too i'm on twitter at mr java i'm max shaman and i'm scotticus we'd like to thank our friend james avendroth for helping to research and write this episode You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Blackguard Press, and find his fiction work at blackguardpress.com. If you like this show and you know that you do, help us out, tell your friends, and leave a review on iTunes because that really helps us out to find listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash texaspodcast where you too can become a come and take it Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.